Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to be talking about that one thing that nobody really wants to talk about, and that's money and finances. And unfortunately, some of the problems that you can get with money and finances. And we're going to be talking about how to resolve, hopefully not get into that place to start with, but then we're going to be talking about how to maybe resolve some of those financial issues. So please join me in welcoming Jen Lee to our program today. Good morning, Jen. How are you doing today? Good morning, Deb. Great. Thanks for having me. Great. You know, this is a discussion that that we really need to have. We really need to have it often. Um, so before we jump into it, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive in. Mm-hmm. So Jen Lee is a debt and credit attorney and owner of Jen Lee Law, Inc., a law firm with offices in San Francisco, San Ramon, and Tracy, California. She is a leading expert on debt, credit, and financial stress, having been featured in Consumer Affairs, U.S. News & World Report, and other national publications. Jen is the creator of several innovative programs to deal with financial stress and rebuilding after financial disaster. So again, Jen, welcome to the program. Thanks, Deb. It's really great to be here. I enjoy your program. Great. Well, thank you so much. Well, I always like to find out from my guests how they got to where they are today. And you have a fabulous background that really has led to putting you exactly where you are today. So tell us a little bit more about how you discovered this is your passion in life. It's really interesting how your life takes these twists and turns and you end up where your passion is supposed to be. So I actually, it was a college dropout. I originally went to college and I wasn't really too excited about it. I don't do classes well. This was before online was a thing before you could do that. And so I started working at an insurance company and got some business experience, some management experience. Then I got an MBA. And then I thought, well, law school sounds kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, nothing else to do, right? <laughs> right. Let's go to law school. And so I went to law school thinking I would do a lot of estate planning and financial planning because my background of insurance and it kind of made sense. And I graduated law school in 2009. And guess what the economy was oh, like? Oh, yeah. Financial went. <laughs> and so I was like, well, what can I do where there'll be clients? Because I opened my own firm straight out of law school. I didn't go work for anyone else. And so I need something that was going to be clients. And it was a really financial stressing time out there. And so bankruptcy was what I got into right out of law school, helping people figure out how to get out of these financial issues. Mm-hmm. And I found out that I loved it. It was so interesting to help people with their financial problems and figure out what to do next that I it's turned into this, this great career for me. So, yeah. Fabulous. You know, and, and I think one of the things that so many people, especially if we've not had any type of true financial distress, we think, ooh, someone who declares bankruptcy is a horrible person, a bad business. Mm-hmm. Could be your neighbor. It could be, you know, your parent, your kids, all of these things. 
There are so many things that lead up to it. And, and really, you know, yes, there are those shady folks out there, but for the most part, unfortunately, the people who find themselves in these situations really are nice, great people. Yeah. They just made some bad decisions. They are. And I often tell people, I try to keep people out of bankruptcy. Of course, I don't right. want mm-hmm. people. That's my, uh, my mm-hmm. business model is based on keeping people out of bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. But I also tell people that bankruptcy is a strategic tool that's out there mm-hmm. and smart people use bankruptcy to fix their situation. Mm-hmm. And the middle class and lower class often think of it as this horrible thing that you had to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas smart business owners think of it as, oh, this is a tool that's there for me mm-hmm. to reshape right. my future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Businesses can kind of use it as a way to regroup, um, you know, and, and it's not that they're using it simply to, to rip people off and get rid of all that debt. Exactly. Um, you know, they, they really are using it as a way to restructure. Mm-hmm. They really are. And so uh, getting over that mindset a little bit is usually mm-hmm. the first hurdle that, that my clients are facing is how do I actually ask for help to resolve right. this and listen to all mm-hmm. the options that are there. So, right. You know, and, and I would imagine that because, you know, it is still considered to be something that, that people are embarrassed about. Yes. They wait in many cases, you know, far too long to, to, to talk with you. So, you know, say I come to you and say, you know, Jen, I can't pay my bills mm-hmm. and I lost my biggest client. Yep. What am I supposed to do? So a lot of times you are correct. People wait way too long. And by the time they get to me, bankruptcy really is like mm-hmm. the only thing that we can do to, to fix everything. So when someone comes to me early on and says, I can't pay my bills, I'm like, okay, let's take a look at what can we pay. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have a debt problem so much as an allocation problem. They I need to agree. figure out where to allocate mm-hmm. debts to. Many people, the mistakes they make is they start cashing out retirement funds right? or mm-hmm. they start taking on you know consolidation loans and things like that. So if someone gets to me before that, I'm happy because mm-hmm. then we can usually right. start looking at mm-hmm. what does the budget look like? Mm-hmm. Is there a way out of this? Mm-hmm. Or should we strategically do some do a proactive mm-hmm. reorganization of some mm-hmm. sort? So the earlier the better, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, and and it's funny because when we start looking at things and and you know, budget. Hello, budget. I mean, you know, that, I hate that, that really <laughs> is the first step. And I'm I'm one of those that's that's guilty of yeah. I look at it and I go, eh. um, but it, it was really funny that so in when I took my 2020 business uh, records and, and then our personal things to our accountant, mm-hmm. she was so funny. I love her dearly. And um, she said, you didn't have a lot of business expenses. And I said, well, no, because the world shut down. <laughs> you know? And so I ended up paying more because I hadn't, you know, we, we hadn't had you know, I, I wasn't attending business meetings, all of those things. But even just looking at the budget, it was very funny because, uh, you know, I went probably an entire year without going into Starbucks. And people <laughs> think, you know, Starbucks are great. We pop on our way to work. You know, we have meetings there, right? Because yeah. they've got good Wi-Fi, good central places to meet. Mm-hmm. But if you just looked at what you spent in coffee costs, whether it's Starbucks, whether it's, you know, your your little local coffee shop, all of those things. I mean, that that saved a fortune right there. Right. It was amazing. Like though, when you start looking at those numbers of Mm -hmm. 
what your expenses are. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't look at them. They right. don't look at the expenses. Well, and then the things just like, what are your recurring monthly things? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've got a couple that it's like, I pay for this every month. What is this? And, <laughs> you know, and, and, <laughs> and then I think, ugh, it's $10 a month. <sighs> you know, it's not worth it to go in and, and, you know, but if you have a bunch of those, <laughs> right. They start adding those up. add up. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I mean, you know, a hundred dollars. Yeah. That's only 1200, right. I can do my math. Yes. Um, but, but at 1200 in a year is a much more, is a number that's going to get my attention much more than, uh, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, yeah. And those numbers can add up when you have debt and things that you need to pay off that right. it's better to pay off debt sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and obviously a lot of things that we, that we do, do we really need them? Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the things like, you know, how many television subscriptions do you have? And, you know, all of these various things. And, and so that, that would, I imagine is one of the big things that you really sit down with people and say, let's go through the figures. Yeah. And that's probably the hardest part of what I do because I don't want to be critiques, critiquing someone's lifestyle. Right. Right? It's yeah. not my job. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of systems out mm-hmm. there that take into account individual mm-hmm. needs and wants and not some, you know, standard mm-hmm. thing that everyone has to follow. So that is the hardest part when I start looking right. at people's expenses and like, mm-hmm. okay, did you really need this much of DoorDash last month? Uh, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people you do. And sometimes it's a family issue that they need mm-hmm. to have certain services done, that kind of thing. I'm I'm very proud of myself for not critiquing people's individual choices as long as it makes sense. And if they can see that it's a problem, then we start talking about, okay, what right. are other options? Right. Yeah. Because you don't have to say, did you really need this much DoorDash? When they see the figure, right? <laughs> you know, exactly. they're like, well, oh, yes. crap, did we really need that much DoorDash? <laughs> yes. I use DoorDash as an example a lot. Right. I'm not picking on DoorDash. Yeah. But oh, yeah. You know, Uber Uber Eats. Yeah. You know, yes. I'm, I'm big on Uber Eats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, you know, all of those things that, that we really don't stop to think out when we think about when we do several times a month. Right. Um, you know, it, it really doesn't do anything. But yeah, like I said, when my accountant went, wow, you know, or things like business meetings, um, mm-hmm. you know, I belong to several business organizations here in Atlanta. I think it's great to support your local business community. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. Um, and but, you know, each time you that I would go, it was 30 bucks. You know, that that got me a great meal. Gotta love Southern catering, right? Um, and and so I got a great meal, great program, great, great socialization, all of those things. But when you had four and five of those a month, those added up. And then when all of a sudden I didn't have those, I mean, that was probably the biggest thing yeah. that that we noticed when my accountant was doing things. And I the funny thing is I haven't gone back to attending those organizations. I still am a member. Right. But I haven't gone back to attending. And so I'm still saving that money. Yay! <laughs> it's interesting how our world changed a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that that does, you know, how much have you seen people really change, both from a business perspective and personally in the last two years? So it has been very interesting to see how people have adapted. Some mm-hmm. have 
and I hate the word pivot now because everyone used I know. That word ew, for, pivot. Ew. I was like, ew, <laughs> that word. But it's it was interesting to see how the people that changed rapidly really got their businesses back up and running. Right. And then the mm-hmm. ones that have been hesitant to do that, hesitant to use Zoom and things like that, have been a little bit behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. One interesting thing that happened in my bankruptcy world is bankruptcy filings are at a 40-year low. Wow. And people didn't expect that. Everyone thought mm-hmm. that everyone would be in, in mm-hmm. so much distress. Right. But I think we're going to start seeing that picking up mm-hmm. more now that stimulus has ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moratoriums were huge. I had a lot of people that were technically in foreclosure, but weren't in mm-hmm. foreclosure. So I think that's going to change a bit, but everyone expected my business to be crazy busy. And mm-hmm. it was more of a consulting role that I was yeah. doing versus a bankruptcy filing nice. role. So nice. It was an interesting mm-hmm. switch. Right. Well, and you know, you mentioned that the businesses that that were able to rapidly change, and I think that really was probably what what we saw the the most. And the the business, and and it was hard because right, we were told two weeks. I still, you know, two yeah. weeks we're going <laughs> to shut down, and and the vast majority of us went, mm-hmm, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, we we knew that two weeks was simply not enough time. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you don't want to panic the world by saying, hey, we're shutting down for, we don't know. <laughs> but, it, you know, and, and, but when the two weeks really started dragging on, mm-hmm. I think so many businesses and, and, you know, some were able to <clears throat> pivot, um, but many others, I think we, we all kept thinking this will go away. Right. Oh, it's August. It hasn't. Oh, it's December. Oh, it's 2021. And mm. I think that was probably one of the biggest issues. I think so. I think you're right. And that the businesses that were just holding on for a couple of weeks trying to, or we're just going to shut down. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. They kept hoping it was, everything's going to come back. And then I saw a lot of businesses start closing. Mm-hmm. A lot of restaurants and hair salons in California. Right. I had a lot of restaurants and hair salons mm-hmm. that had some major issues. Mm-hmm. And so- I do think that there were some businesses that were easier to switch right. mm-hmm. ways. Yeah, if, if somebody had to go into yeah. you, you were in trouble. Yeah, exactly. And that's mm-hmm. and we're still seeing that. We're still seeing a lot of fallout from that, especially in California where things well, were. And we got used to it. Like you said, we, we decided, hey, DoorDash, Uber, any of those things it, it is so much better because I, I joke. I don't remember the last time I put, well, you know, once a week, I put real shoes on because I have to go do grocery shopping. Uh-huh. But those are tennis shoes. I mean, you know, and and or sandals now, and mm-hmm. but it is so much easier to order in. Yes. You know, yes, there is obviously a cost to that, mm-hmm. but we're not having to to go out to get you know get dressed. Yeah, um, all of those things, and and it's you know it's it's just so much easier to to be able to to do that. And I will tell you one thing that happened in the legal world or the bankruptcy, especially the bankruptcy world, is when you file for bankruptcy, there's a meeting with a trustee that takes place. It's a really usually a quick meeting, okay. but it used to be in person. Right. In California, you would sometimes have to drive an hour, hour and a half to get to that meeting for a five-minute meeting and then mm-hmm. hour, hour and a half home. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, they they switched to Zoom and telephone right. mm-hmm. during that time. And now they've realized that there's such an access to justice issue mm-hmm. where it's so much easier for people in bankruptcy not to have to commute three hours to attend a simple Mm -hmm. meeting. So I do think there were a lot of positive changes, especially in the legal world that came Mm -hmm. out of 
the shutdown. So, well, and yeah, I mean, we, there's, there's been so, you know, yes, there were so many tragedies and, and, and things, but I think we did learn a lot and we still are, um, you know, the, the online world obviously drastically changed and we all, you know, really went, Ooh, wow. We, you know, depending on what we're doing, we can work at least, you know, bigger area, you know, maybe more than one County, more than one state, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we could work worldwide. Um, you know, it's I know it's a little bit different from a legal perspective because, you know, there's different licenses and things. <laughs> there's all, all kinds of options, though. Right, right. But yeah. you can still be giving informative webinars, yes. say, to, to anybody, um, yes. anywhere they are. And, and so I think that's really allowed us to expand what we're offering. Right. It has. You know, and for for those of you who are listening, you're not seeing this very cute little elephant above Jen's ear. Um, is this fuzzy little gray elephant? You just want to pick him up and go. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, and his, I guess, it'd be her. Her name is her. Bernadette. Um, but that's actually Burn a Debt. Um, so tell us why you've got this because I think it's very cute. And 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 so tell us a little bit more about cute little Bernadette. So what I do is very not cuddly and happy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have Bernadette as my mascot to try to help me make it a easier topic. Mm-hmm. But what she stands for, how she was born in March mm-hmm. of 2017, was that 70% of Americans have a debt or credit problem of some sort. This was mm-hmm. before COVID, 70%. Right. Mm-hmm. And no one talks about it. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to find a way to illustrate that whenever you walk into a networking room or you walk into some kind of meeting, picture that two thirds of that room has a debt or credit problem. And there's this elephant that no one wants to talk right. about mm-hmm. because people come to me all the time. They're like, oh, you can't tell anybody I came to see you because mm-hmm. I would be so embarrassed if they knew. And I'm like, right. you realize those mm-hmm. four people have already come. I don't mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, you can't. You can't say, no, I've already met Bob. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> realize that there are so many people around them that have the same problems that if we just talked about it a little bit more, it wouldn't be such an embarrassment. It would be more of a, Mm -hmm. oh, you had that too. Mm -hmm. Let's move on with life. So that's how Bernadette was born. Mm -hmm. She was the elephant in the room that Mm -hmm. she literally came with me everywhere. Now she's the elephant in the Zoom Mm -hmm. because I'm not in rooms anymore, but I'm in Zooms. Mm -hmm. So it it just became a really good way to illustrate Mm -hmm that more people than not around mm-hmm. you have debt and credit problems and financial stress. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you talk about the fact that you do, a, you know, education and, and counseling with people. And so much of our problems really could be alleviated at the very start. Um, you know, I started my business 20 years ago when I still had to trot my little self down to the Secretary of State's office Mm-hmm. And and apply for my business license. I mean, you know, we the, it was not done on the internet. All these various <laughs> things. Um, but I met with somebody, and I, you know, obviously, I still remember it to this day. One of the things she told me, you know, she was just doing a lot of general here's good business tip types of things. Mm-hmm. And one thing that she told you know, and and I knew that I absolutely had to set up as a business. You mm-hmm. know, I you know whatever, and that takes different structure for you know all sorts of different entities. But I set up as an LLC and, um, you know, and, and I, and, and I, you know, I knew part of that was because people take you more seriously than just, hi, I'm Deb Crayer. Yeah. Hi, I'm the president of Wise Women Communications. Very different, right? Mm. Um, but this, this woman, and you have members, I don't remember her name. Um, but she told me that when I set up my bank account, 
to pick a totally different bank than my personal account. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, but my I like my bank. They're close. They know me. And she said, I wanted to make it difficult to co-mingle funds. Yes. And so talk to us a little bit more about that. So there are a lot of pe- things people can do at the beginning so they can avoid ever talking to me. Mm-hmm. But yes, I totally agree with having your bank account separate because what happens as a small business owner, a lot of times is you start paying your personal expenses out of the business account mm-hmm. right? and you start mingling things together mm-hmm. and you've lost all protection from the business, the entity that you set up. Mm-hmm. So now creditors can go after both you individually and the business mm-hmm. if something happens. Mm-hmm. And so keeping things very separate is like step number one in mm-hmm. having a business. Don't pay your business, your personal expenses. Don't pay your house rent or your mortgage mm-hmm. out of your business account. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're transferring a salary to yourself. You're recording that. Paying taxes. Mm-hmm. I will tell you most small business owners that I work have tax problems. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's because they've worked really hard all year. Mm-hmm. They've done a great job paying their employees. They've done everything. They maybe have paid themselves, but they mm-hmm. didn't set aside money for taxes. Right. So they get to the end of the year and they realize, Oops. oh, I don't have the 30% mm-hmm. left over that I need for taxes. Mm-hmm. Where is that money going to come from? And they ignore it then mm-hmm. because that's the other the other elephant in the room a lot of mm-hmm. times is if I ignore it, it'll go away. Right. And, you know, there are many things that I might, you know, but I do not ever ignore the IRS. I mean, they will find you and they will get you. They will. Yes. And the IRS is not, they can be worked with. There are a lot of things that can be done with IRS debt. Like you can get rid of IRS debt in bankruptcy, which a lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. You can reorganize it. But if you ignore it, it becomes way worse than it could have been if you yeah, had just. There's that little thing called interest <laughs> and penalties. The right. penalties aren't free either. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yes. They don't just say, oh, you owe us $1,000. Pretty soon it's, oh, no, you owe us a lot more than $1,000. A lot more. Yes. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things, keeping your business and personal separate is like rule number one for business owners. Right. But, you know, many times when we're starting out, in fact, probably 99% of the time, we are using our personal funds to, mm-hmm. to start the business. And so mm-hmm. how do we do that? How, you know, is the, obviously we keep track, but you know, what, how do you, you suggest that people do that? So usually if you're starting a business and you're putting your own capital in, then you should put it, your capital into the business account, the money that you're investing okay. into the business account. Don't so pay say your- you, you're going to put yep. in $5,000, you put $5,000 into that separate bank account. Right. Exactly. Just so it looks like you funded your business and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing that people often do is they take on credit to fund their business. Mm -hmm. And if you're just starting a business, likely you're going to have to take on a personal guarantee for all of that credit. No one's going to lend a business money that has no back, no Yeah, You can have a really cool business plan, but if you don't have money (laughs) that's there or or, or approved income. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're taking on credit, just know that you're taking on credit in your name. You're not, you can't just get rid of that with the business. If you shut the business down, you're personally liable. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do see a lot of business owners who come to me. Like I have a debt problem Mm -hmm. and we end up doing a personal bankruptcy because all of the debt for the business Mm -hmm. came from the owner's Mm -hmm. credit. Personal guarantees on leases too, if you're going to go lease office space, which is a different 
animal these days too, because right. like, we don't mm-hmm. have office space, yeah, but almost office, all landlords, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to require personal guarantees. Mm-hmm. So if you default on that lease in your business, you're on the hook personally. Mm-hmm. So understanding what you're going to be legally liable for, if something happens, plan mm-hmm. for the worst. Right. That's really important. And people mm-hmm. don't realize that, oh, this is mm-hmm. business that I can't be held responsible for. Mm-hmm. Actually. No, no. If you if you sign that little, little thing, you, yeah. <laughs> it's you that that could easily be on the hook. Yes, um, you know, and that is part of why I always tell people, you know, set up your business as that legal entity. Yep. Um, you know, because that will give you some protection. Uh, you know, and and obviously, depending on what it is, you know, you might also need insurance. All of these things. Right. Um, I remember years ago we were having a tree cut down in our yard and you know the, so this guy was coming to to do a quote and and all of those things and the first thing he does he hands me his insurance forms <laughs> so that we knew he had insurance i mean you know and luckily we didn't need it but it really was just kind of one of those things and and um but i have you know i i provide a service mm-hmm. and my, i provide basically my brain you know doing things yeah. and but so i have an umbrella policy because you Very never good. know when yes. something might happen. And I will say that insurance, people are woefully underinsured for mm-hmm. the most part. And I'm always looking at insurance because I came from insurance before mm-hmm. I went to law school. So I have the insurance background to look at things. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of bankruptcies that I get done because people didn't have an umbrella policy. Right. Mm-hmm. They got in a car. And umbrella policies are so cheap. <laughs> like $100 to $200 a year for an yeah, umbrella I think, policy. I think for mine is $219 for a million dollars. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have an umbrella policy, that would be like the first recommendation I would make because I've had so many bankruptcies in the last couple of years mm-hmm. that could have been avoided if they had an umbrella policy. Bankruptcy, I was still able to protect their assets, mm-hmm. and, but they still had to go through the whole stupid, right. icky process mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. No one wants to go through. And have that little black mark, as we call it, next to their name. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so umbrella policies are huge. And making sure you have the right car insurance coverage. Like, mm-hmm. Actually use a professional for insurance. Right. Don't go online and find the cheapest mm-hmm. one. Use a professional mm-hmm. for it. As right. my Especially if you're using your vehicle for business purposes. Um, yes. you know, it, it does take a different type of, of insurance. Yes. And there are some insurances who won't cover you if you're doing like Uber or Lyft or something Ah, like mm -hmm. that, some car insurances. So make sure that your agent knows what you're using Mm -hmm. your car for so that you can get the right coverage. Right. Yeah. Because there might be a little line in that policy that says you can't do that. Um, And then if you're in an accident, again, there goes your personal assets. Exactly. So what are other mistakes that people make from a financial perspective? And, and let's, let's go first from the business perspective. Mm-hmm. So from the business ex- perspective, after they get set up, taking on too much debt, thinking, oh, I'm going to make this back mm-hmm. or I'm going to be able to um, expand my business. Mm-hmm. I do see a lot of people take on a lot of these merchant advance loans. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever, MCAs, they're okay. often called. Mm-hmm. And what they are is bank statement loans and they're online lenders who... Mm-hmm. You upload your business bank statements in 24 hours, you get $50,000 in your bank cool. account. Right? <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> but what they don't tell you then is they take it either a daily draw out of your bank account because now they have access to your bank account. Yikes. Or weekly or a monthly. Mm-hmm. And what I see is, is oftentimes when businesses start getting in over their head, they can't make payroll. They start taking these very horrible predatory loans. Mm-hmm. 
And because they're business loans, there are no consumer protections. If it were a consumer loan, there would be all kinds of rules involved that they have to disclose, Mm -hmm. but they're business loans. So Mm -hmm. the government and the businesses that are lending money assume that you're financially savvy and you know what you're signing because right. you're a business owner. Or they assume they can take advantage of you. you know, well, that's how it turns that out. That word predatory because there yes. are obviously ones that are <clears throat> shady. <laughs> they are. And if the, if it's, you're uploading bank statements to a website in 24 hours, you get money. That's mm-hmm. you're, you're like one step away from, right. you know, some bad lending. <laughs> well, and you know, look at the insurance or the the, the interest rate yes. also. You know, yeah. if if you're paying out, I mean, you know, and, and I talked to somebody one time who said, "Yeah, it's only thirty percent." I'm like, hmm. <laughs> okay. I mean, I was trying to not do the yikes look. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, and 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 there's certainly so many ways to appropriately finance businesses, um, you know, and, and, but, you know, clearly people just starting out or if they've had some issues, they're going to look at some of these that might not be the, the best for their business. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to look at when you're starting a business is really setting it up properly. Have a bookkeeper, have professionals mm-hmm. that help you. Everyone tells me, oh, I can't afford those things at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the beginning is the time when that's your expenses that you should be trying to afford Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bookkeeping and the right legal entity Mm -hmm. set up and all of that. Don't shortcut those because you'll save yourself thousands and thousands of dollars later by having this properly set up. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, and it is, (coughs) excuse me, sometimes a a fairly large expense, especially to a brand new business. It can be, but you, you can't not do it. Um, You know, when I decided to trademark the name, the business power hour, I thought I'm a smart person. I can do this. Um, and and I paid my $75, I think is what the initial trademark application is. And, you know, and, and I filled out the form. I mean, it really was pretty simple. And, you know, and, and I don't provide products and and I don't charge. And so, you know, that that made things easier. But then, of course, I got back this letter of you need yada, 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 yada. And I went, oh, no. (laughs) And and I knew like from the first line, I could not do that. But I also knew I had to trademark the name because if somebody else did, I could get in trouble. Um, And that was the biggie. I mean, you know, I didn't want somebody coming back and saying, you have to basically get rid of all of your podcasts. Right. Because, you know, the the image is there, the name is there. You know, I refer to that uh, throughout the program. I mean, you know, all of those things. And so I got a good trademark attorney. Mm -hmm. It was not inexpensive. I got what I paid for. (laughs) You know, and it was a little tricky because of the words, the business power hour. Those are all pretty common words. Yes. And so she had to do quite a bit of, of work to show how this was, you know, a, a standalone entity. I mean, you yep. know, she did, obviously she did a great job and I, I refer people to her um, because, you know, I, I think it's great, but yeah, it was worth it to me to spend that money to not have to worry about it again. Right. And I don't do my own trademarks. I'm a lawyer and I don't mm-hmm. do my own trademarks. I have a trademark attorney who does mm-hmm. them. And I will say for small businesses too, that from a financial standpoint, protecting your ideas Mm -hmm. and your intellectual property is something that's way overlooked. And so, especially the legal law firms don't Mm -hmm. protect their IP as much Mm -hmm. as you would think they would. So it's it's a great resource to have a trademark Mm -hmm. attorney because you should be protecting your ideas, especially if that's what you're, you're selling is your, your brain. Right. 
You know, and when you're setting your business up, I mean, we mentioned there's LLCs, there's S Corp, there's, you know, all sorts of alphabets that are out there. Yeah. And you need to figure out which one is right for you. You know, and, and, and that's where it does get confusing. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, again, have the expert do it. I, I saw a great example the other day where, you know, you mentioned that you don't do trademark. I mean, you're mm-hmm. very specialized and people specialize for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. I have my general practitioner, but I wouldn't want them doing open heart surgery. <laughs> you know? and, and, you know, it's just it's that different level of expertise and mm-hmm. knowledge and they can do it faster, too. I mean, that's that's usually the other thing. Yeah, it's really interesting that, especially in the legal world, we niche down quite a bit. You try to be a general practitioner. You can't learn all the law around no, everything. No. And business owners should be trying mm-hmm. to find their niche that they need to be in because that's where you'll make the most money. Right. And you won't have to talk to me with your debt mm-hmm. problems. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and but the 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 important thing is maybe they maybe everybody should be talking to you or someone like you because we might be in a good financial mm-hmm. situation, but we might be able to get into a better, better. financial situation. So yes. talk to us about how that can work. So a lot of times people wait way too long to talk to me because they're scared. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. What I would prefer is that they would talk to me before they make decisions, mm-hmm. before they decide, oh, I'm going to take on this merchant cash advance. Mm-hmm. So yes, I do a lot of the consulting where I'm not trying to get someone to hire me to be their debt attorney, but we're trying to avoid having to hire me to be their debt attorney. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times those discussions look like, okay, do we have the right insurances? Mm-hmm. And it's all, it sounds like financial planning. It mm-hmm. does. It's it. But most financial planners don't talk about the debt side. They're right. In right. Because they're wanting you to make money. I mean, that's exactly. their goal. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of in this weird position where I'm trying to help people avoid ever having to talk to me again. <laughs> right. Yeah. It'd be nice to tell people buy exactly. and only see them at Starbucks. <laughs> right. And so reviewing all of those things before you make decisions, I would say that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they try to solve things themselves, not necessarily the setup of the business, mm-hmm. but they get into trouble and then they're like, oh, I can Google this and figure mm-hmm. out what I should do with my problem. And that's where some of these scams come in, like debt settlement scams and things like that. But and the commercials make it look really nice, right? <laughs> so I do a lot of talking on the psychology of financial stress right? and those late night television commercials mm-hmm. are designed for people who can't sleep and have insomnia. Right. And so they're either scaring yes. you even yes. more or yes. they're making it, Oh, la di da di da. This is so easy, you know, Perfect as opposed to, okay, let's sit down and think about this. Right. Yes. And so I have a lot of heartburn sometimes when I start looking at the clients who they make all these decisions because they think they're trying to do the right thing and solve their problems themselves when really I could have helped them avoid a lot of the problems. So yes, proactive, I guess, is what I'd like my clients to be. Well, and some of it really is in just good planning. Um, You know, many years ago, I worked for a great company. I I love them dearly. And I was their business manager, business office manager. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were all these really nerdy guys that designed computer software. Um, and this was back when you FTP'd it to, you know, right. Al Gore had just barely invented the internet. Um, and, but our only client was the federal government. Mm. Um, we worked for NASA and we worked for Navy. Again, great folks. And we did really cool stuff. I mean, you know, the, the software that they were designing was, was incredible. But the government typically runs a little slow on payment. And, yeah. but we knew 
that they would run slow on payment. Um, and so we structured the business around that. I mean, you know, this wasn't, you know, we just knew, okay, we, we didn't even try with net 30. Nah, that wasn't going to, I mean, you know, <laughs> there was no way. And, and it's just because, you know, there's a, a pretty big process that, especially when you're invoicing them, you know, six and seven figures that, that things have to go through to get paid through the government. And so we knew to really make sure that, that we planned on that slow payment. And, and so that mm-hmm. was just kind of how we ran the business. Now we did have a line of credit, yeah. but that, you know, that was always the absolute first thing that got paid off, yes. um, you know, and, and that was just the way we did it. And then, you know, some of it too was, was in, you know, the preparation because many times the invoices weren't paid because there was an error. And so if we just made sure that we submitted it without errors, it went a lot faster. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. A lot of it is just making sure that you know what mm-hmm. you need and it's credit is so easy to get like these lines of credit. Right. Yes. You guarantee them, mm-hmm. but I find that people tend to over rely on them sometimes mm-hmm. and then they let them sit out there right? thinking, Oh, I'll, I'll pay it off or mm-hmm. I'll pay this bill first. But mm-hmm. that was good. I appreciate the fact that you paid up the line of credit first because yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I worked for really smart people. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of PhD people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which you well, know, and, and now the funny thing is, I'm sure you deal with a lot of PhD people. I was just going to say, a lot of my clients are lawyers and doctors and dentists right. who mm-hmm. who weren't taught finances as part of their uh, undergrad or high school or graduate high degree school. Program. I mean, you know, I, now you know, I'm I'm a lot older than you, but <laughs> yeah, we never that was not part. You know, I learned how Nothing. to make muffins. And do long form math, but a checking account? Oh no, no. Um, you know, and and then you toss in now all of these these other forms of payment. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, there's I I had a, a woman on the program one time who talked about bartering, and oh my gosh, she you know now she knew exactly what she was doing, and it was a very contractually laid out. I mean, and mm-hmm. and all sorts of things, and so she was doing it the right way, but. Now you've got that little thing called Bitcoin. Right. And, and I don't know, do people pay in NFTs? I, you know, I try to avoid <laughs> a lot of this stuff. But yeah, Bitcoin, I would imagine, is one of those that is now just and and somebody asked me the other day, will you take Bitcoin? And I said, Oh God, no. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. And I won't invent no. <laughs> no, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so interesting to see like how the world changes and like how you have to adapt with it sometimes. And we're paying with Bitcoin these days. And mm-hmm. I will say chapters in bankruptcy, trustees mm-hmm. are very interested in the Bitcoin and these alternative forms that people have, right. because sometimes they're worth a lot of money mm-hmm. and the trustee can liquidate them. Mm-hmm. So right. Bitcoin has kind of changed my world a little bit. So, yeah. Well, and, and of course the problem with Bitcoin is it can be worth a lot one day and not yeah. a lot the next day. I mean, exactly. you know, which is true with obviously a lot of financial things, but, um, but yeah, Bitcoin is still just one of those entities that now, you know, there are business, I know businesses that only deal with Bitcoin, Yeah, but they also fully understand the risk of doing that. Yeah. I think you have to, again, it goes back to the education of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you're educated in something, then it's easier to avoid problems right, with it. Right. And going back to f- high school and finances and uh, my, my pet peeve word is financial wellness sometimes mm-hmm. because a lot of companies try to introduce financial wellness into their companies for their employees. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing is they're introducing it too late. 
when someone's already in financial stress, Mm -hmm. financial wellness is like a condescending topic that they don't Mm -hmm. want to talk about because like, and and again, you're embarrassed by it. And exactly. No one's going to go to a seminar about debt. Like, cause I've done seminars and things Mm -hmm. at employer at offices and things like Mm -hmm. that. I'm like, no one's going to come to this because no one's going to admit that they have a debt problem or a credit problem. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you have to look at the person the financial wellness part, the financial education, if it started younger, then I could work myself out of a job. That would right. be my goal. Which would be great, right? You know, yeah. you retire to the beach. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it is something that we we all do need to think about, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and look at our, our personal as well as our business accounts. Um, you know, we have personally, uh, we use one credit card. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because hello, you, you know, and, and, you know, granted businesses are taking cash again. That was a very interesting thing when COVID was like, and they would, they would not take cash. I'm like, well, I didn't want to touch it either. So, but, um, but, you know, and, and we 100% pay off that card every month. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do it is we get a big chunk back a percentage because Mm -hmm. we pay it off every month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so we actually put lots of things on it that we really could pay cash for, but mm-hmm. it's like, no, let's put it on the card and get that percent back. Um, exactly. you know, and my husband, he, you know, he'll do that. He's when we were buying a new car, he's like, how much can we put on the card? I'm like, for a car. Yeah. <laughs> but he was right. Um, yes. because we did get, you know, a percentage back, um, you know, and, and, and I think that's something that businesses need to look at mm-hmm. too is, you know, okay, yes, we have to use credit cards. But mm-hmm. are you paying enough? And more importantly, and, and I've, I'm really guilty of this one. If you're getting perks, are you using them? Right. Like, I remembered one time, hey, I've got a bunch of points on this card. I bought a printer. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true, though. And there's a lot of stuff out there about uh, savvy use of credit cards mm-hmm. and strategic. I, I agree. Like, put everything on the credit card. First of all, it's it helps protect your bank account. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't pay with a debit card mm-hmm. or with ACH. Pay with a credit mm-hmm. card. So you're protecting yourself from identity theft. And then are you using all the perks and that kind of thing? But then I run into people who are trying to do that over too many cards. Right. Or they're trying mm-hmm. to, or and they I've, don't. I've fallen into that off. trap before. They yeah. almost, you know, pay from one and, you know, do a, a cash advance yes, on sure. one to pay off the other one. Yeah. No. <laughs> and that's usually when someone should start thinking about talking to someone like me is right. when, you're, uh-huh. when you can't pay off something when you're uh, making minimum payments off mm-hmm. and say, if you can only make the minimum, mm-hmm. that's a bad sign. Right. And especially right now with interest rates going up. So right now interest rates are kind of going up and everyone thinks of the mortgage business as mm-hmm. where that affects it, but it also affects your variable rate mm-hmm. credit cards. Oh yeah. Yeah. And even if it's just, you know, a half of a percent, if yep. you've got a pretty hefty balance, yes. that ends up being quite a bit, it um, does, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, society, especially here in the United States really is designed for credit. You know, I mean, you go into pretty much any type of big store, you know, mm-hmm. retail type of, of store, and the clerk says, and do you have our credit card? Right. <laughs> and you'll get a 10% discount on your purchase today. And and I always tell them, no, you know, here's here's my one I get this back on, you know, and, but, you know, and they said, well, you can cancel it right away. And it's like, yeah, but your credit doesn't like that. <laughs> you know? um, so talk to us a little bit about credit scores. And because that's the other thing that's always in the news. Oh, I can I can use this app and automatically raise my credit score 30 points. 
I'm thinking, <laughs> that's not, something's off on that. <laughs> yeah, though, then that's a little tricky too because of what they're advertising versus what they can deliver. But credit scores are one of these black hole type topics sometimes because there are so many credit scores out there. Everyone right. thinks they have one credit score. You really have like 300 credit scores at any Ooh. given time. And it could, and it's because each of the credit reporting agencies have different algorithms. If you're mm-hmm. going for a mortgage, they have a different way of running your credit than if you're going for a car loan okay. or a credit card. So there's mm-hmm. all these different credit scores out there. And I would like to emphasize to your audience that you are not your credit score <laughs> because I get a lot of people who are very offended at their credit scores or they're embarrassed of them. And all a credit score is, is a risk factor. How risky are you to lend money to? Mm-hmm. And so credit scores range, most of the the ranges are like 350 to 850 or Mm -hmm. 300 to 900, depending on what system you're looking at. And most of it is based on, do you make your payments on time? Mm -hmm. And are you not using all of your debt, all your credit that you have Mm -hmm. available? Really, that's about 70% Mm -hmm. of your score. Mm -hmm. And so I often have clients will come in for a credit review and they're like, I have a credit score problem. And I look at their credit report. I'm like, you have a debt problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Problem. Your credit yeah. score is low because your debt is high. <laughs> right. Yep. And so I think this miss, there's a lot of miscommunication out there about credit scores and how to increase your score and credit repair. Um, there's really no such thing as credit repair. Right. You can fix credit things that are Credit repair is wrong. pay your debt. <laughs> well, you can fix things that are wrong and you can rebuild because mm-hmm. I do a lot of rebuilding with clients. Mm-hmm. But repairing to me is such a misnomer right. out mm-hmm. there. And there's, such, there's so many scams in that area that I don't even mess with credit right. repair. Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding your credit score, mm-hmm. people who check their credit score are 70% more likely to have a higher credit score. Mm. And the reason for that is self-selection. Mm-hmm. People who check their credit scores have good credit scores because right. we like to see a higher number. <laughs> don't check. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be the one who has a higher credit score, then check your score because that's where you're going to get the information that you need to increase it. So, yeah. Right. You know, and, and again, like you said, there's so many things that that fall into, you know, they they pull that and and sometimes they pull it when you don't really want them to. We, you know, we bought a, a new pickup last year. Yeah. For me, I'm the pickup person. Um, and, you know, and, and I mean, we were going to pay cash. This yep. is, you know, we, so, you know, and, and so they said, well, we need to do all this. I said, no, you do not. We are, we will be paying you cash. Oh no, right. we have to process it like we're processing a loan. And I said, no, because my fear was that somehow they would process it as mm-hmm. a loan. Right. And I actually had that happen one time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, oh, you know, I, it was, it was like pulling teeth to convince them that, you know, I was going to go through my credit union as opposed to them because really different rates. Right. Yeah. Um, And, but they had, they had done it just to make sure. And we said, no, you know, we're, we will be paying cash for this vehicle. You do not need, you know, all of that information. Right. If we get to the point where we can't pay cash, well, then we wasted a couple hours, but no, you're not doing all of that. And, and, you know, I think that's the thing that people need to remember is, you know, do you really need them to have been doing that? Yes. Well, and, and standing up for yourself for your rights too. I have a hashtag I use is know your rights and options a lot of times because a lot of people don't know what their rights are. And like you knew that they didn't have to run your credit, mm-hmm. but a lot of people would have just signed on the dotted line and mm-hmm. said, oh yeah, run my credit. And mm-hmm. they didn't have to. 
Right. Well, I mean, you know, those are official looking people and they give you official looking paperwork, right? (laughs) (laughs) And and I understand that that some of it is to cover their, their, you know, their, you know, collective tales. But at the same point, yeah, you just need to know what what do I have the right to do? And and that's where, you know, a little bit of Google is is a good thing. Right. I'm not against Google. I'm usually against Google when people are are selecting things that are uh, biased, like it's playing into what they want. Right. Right. Say. Or playing into fears. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, there's, there's that too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, talk to us more about how we really can alleviate stress, um, even mm-hmm. if we're in a good situation, right? Because our, everything could be great and oy, a pandemic hits or, <laughs> you know, all of these things. So, so what are steps that we can take mm-hmm. to make sure that things are okay if something happens? So I think the biggest thing to do is know what your finances okay. are. A lot of people don't have any idea what their mm-hmm. finances are and having emergency funds and savings. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're putting money aside each month. So when something does happen, you don't have to immediately go to credit. Right. If you lose a job, I will say most of the people that I have in bankruptcy aren't there from spending habits. Mm-hmm. They're there because something happened. A divorce happened. Right. Um, Some medical. catastrophic type something of Something happened. Mm-hmm. And it may have been years and years ago mm-hmm. and they've been spinning their wheels. Right. It just, five, uh, yeah, that years. little hamster wheel went faster and faster. Exactly. So having some some money saved up in a savings account, mm-hmm. put up a percentage aside each paycheck that you get. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a business owner, make sure you're saving back something to mm-hmm. keep in your uh, savings account. Mm-hmm. Because that's the most common reason people have to dig into credit is they don't have a savings account. And then start investing for retirement when you're, you know, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have any audience members who are 10 years old, mm-hmm. start investing in retirement now. A lot of America doesn't understand. There's that thing called compound interest. Right? Exactly. <laughs> the compound interest is huge and saving for retirement. I have so many people in their fifties and sixties that come see me that have about a hundred thousand dollars in their retirement accounts. And they that's think that's enough to retirement on mm-hmm. they, they think that's going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And so start saving for retirement early. Even if you're just putting, you know, 5%, whatever your company matches, mm-hmm. at least put right, that at in. least do the match. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then keep saving for retirement and don't touch it. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever in a situation where you're like, oh, I'm going to have to tap into my retirement accounts, stop and call me. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't do it mm-hmm. because you'll regret it later, I promise. And 401k loans are another hot topic. I would not recommend 401k loans either. You want your money in the market, mm-hmm. riding the highs and lows mm-hmm. because that's how you retire mm-hmm. early and uh, with what the funds you need. Right. Um, and then also... If you are properly insured, I know I've, we've talked about insurance quite a mm-hmm. bit, medical insurance, all these insurances right. can be expensive. Mm-hmm. Talk to mm-hmm. a professional and find out the right insurances mm-hmm. because that will save you if something does happen. Right. A medical event, short-term mm-hmm. disability, long-term disability, um, an umbrella policy in case you accidentally mm-hmm. hit someone on the freeway and it's your fault. Mm-hmm. And you were on your way to the business meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so having just looking at your finances, mm-hmm. I would say most people don't look at their finances at all right. from month to month. As long mm-hmm. as they have money in the bank account. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem with that is then you're not planning for what can happen in the future. Mm-hmm. You're just living day to day. Right. And so it's a hard conversation to mm-hmm. have though. 
Especially for people who have limited income, you yes. know, and, and, um, you know, and, and, and it, it doesn't, it, I, and I'm using limited income as in, you know, it doesn't matter how much you make. If right. you're spending more than you make, you have limited income. I mean, you could be the person that earns 250000 a year and still have problems. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then, and don't look at anyone else's. Mm-hmm examples for what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. I see all kinds of crazy things on the internet about Mm -hmm. people who are, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and make a million dollars a year. And then the Mm -hmm. $25,000 a year person is saving Mm -hmm. 10,000 a year for Mm -hmm. retirement. So don't look at other people, Mm -hmm. look at what you could do for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I did see an interesting article yesterday about buy, buy now, pay later, all Mm -hmm. of these Mm-hmm. online. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is, it's, you know, Hey, nope, don't, you don't pay for a year. Right. Or four or four or five, let's you break out monthly payments for four or five months. Mm-hmm. And I have a an esthetician who told me that she can take payments now for facials. I'm like, if you need to put your facial on a payment plan, <laughs> you shouldn't be having a facial, having a bigger discussion. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Because that's what $50 maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. but people have been stacking them up and they don't show up on your credit reports right. because they're not really credit. They are, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And so I have now- yeah, Because started, they're not reporting those. You they're know, not reporting those. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm seeing all these like $50 a month payments that add up to $600 a month mm-hmm. that your debt, you're really overextended because you have all these payment plans right. that you're on. So mm-hmm. pay attention to those things. Yeah. Look at your subscriptions yeah. and things like that. Right. So. Well, and also, you know, if you're the business owner, and and this is where I have heard people get into trouble, mm-hmm. they don't look at their own numbers because yep. I have a CFO, I have an accountant. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's still your business and your responsibility. Use those reports that your accountant and your CFO are generating mm-hmm. to actually understand what your numbers are because. There may be possibilities there for you to expand your business. Right. You can make more money, a higher salary. There's good things, good reasons to look at your numbers mm-hmm. as well as bad reasons. So right. you have to but look at your numbers and understand numbers. And if your CFO or your CPA or your whatever the alphabet is, if they don't want to sit down and explain the monthly numbers to you, Danger, danger, <laughs> red flags, huge red flags. Right, yes. right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm in Atlanta, and the big news here is mm-hmm. that the Chrisleys just got oh, yes. they they were convicted um, of all sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the 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 big thing during the whole thing was it's my accountant's fault, <laughs> and and of course the accountant said, no, no, I did what they told me to, and and right. so you know that was was what it came down to. But yeah, it should never. You, you know, you should never be saying, I am the business owner, but I didn't know what was going on. Right. And there are a lot of businesses that I deal with that have been embezzled from mm-hmm. and have been, or other types of fraud. Yeah, there have are way, I mean, smart people can do those things. I mean, you know. Yeah. A lot of law firms too. They have trust account issues because they have someone who was managing their books and was writing checks to themselves and making it look like you know, whatever. I don't. It was it was a payment for facials. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of that over the years too, with uh, people not knowing their numbers and then oh, all of a sudden they're missing two hundred thousand dollars, and I'm right. like, mm-hmm. kind of a big number to be missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, it's it's kind of a percentage thing, right? You know, if if you know somebody could be missing 25,000 and right. you know and and but yeah, you should always know at least have a general idea of what your expenses are, 
you know, all of those things, because then you can look at it and go, wait a minute, I'm, I am spending too much on office supplies. This looks very curious. (laughs) Exactly. Even if you're doing your own books, like we were saying, you know, look at it and go, how many times did I go to Starbucks for a business meeting? (laughs) You know, maybe not. So. Yeah. The only way you can actually be proactive and cut expenses, if you know what the expenses are. Right. So Mm -hmm. until you know what they are and there are, sometimes they're hard to look at. Sometimes you're like, yeah, I spent how much? Yeah. But it can also be positives. I mean, you can look at your numbers and go, okay, we've, we've been spending X amount. We can increase that. Right. And and so that's why it's, it's so, so, you know, beneficial to know what your numbers are. Exactly. Well, oh my gosh, Jen, this has been so great. And we definitely have to talk to you again, because obviously this is a problem that does not go away. Um, and and as you were saying, as we're coming more and more out of the pandemic, issues mm-hmm. are going to arise, um, you know, because there were so many things that that were, were uh, you know, stopped for a while and, and all sorts of things. And so, you know, we definitely have to have you back on. But now can you, own, are you, you know, I mentioned at the start that your offices are in California. Do you mm-hmm. only practice in California? So I'm licensed in California and North Dakota because I grew up in North Dakota. Okay. Um, I can handle federal taxes. So IRS taxes anywhere in the world. Okay. Um, for US taxes. Mm-hmm. And I can handle student loan, federal student loan issues because I do a lot of student loan work uh, anywhere because it's all federal based. But as far as uh, most other debts go, it's California and North Dakota that okay. I'm licensed. Okay, yeah. great. But you do have other resources. So tell us how people find you and what are the services that, that you can provide? So my website is genleelaw.com. It's very easy, nice domain. And on the website, it actually has a menu that we offer. We do a debt strategy session, which okay. is talking through debts. And we do a credit review session where some people think they have credit report problems. And sometimes it turns into a debt strategy session at the same time. Um, we talk about student loans. I also enjoy doing premarital strategy sessions about ah, finance. Very important. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't understand how their future spouse's debts and credit can impact their lives. And so I enjoy doing those. I also do a divorcing session where we oh. talk through mm-hmm. people are divorcing right. and we those things to, happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to solve it. So I do a lot of different types of sessions mm-hmm. that are explained on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a, a podcast called Debt Therapy ah. that I work off of sometimes mm-hmm. um, and do some financial coaching under the Debt Therapy which I can do nationwide. So perfect. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, this really has been fascinating. Um, you know, and, and I hope that more than anything, people have realized it's not as scary. You're not a bad person. You're mm-hmm. human. I mean, I think that's probably that, you know, like you said, 70% yes. of people have some debt really issues. True. So, you know, 30%, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, obviously the majority has some debt issues, small and large. Um, so it's okay to ask for help, you know, and, and, you know, if they, if they speak with you, if they speak with someone else, it really is okay. Yes. They can speak with anybody as long as they can help. I don't care who they talk to. I just want people to find help. Yeah, get help, get help. Yes. Um, well, I have really been having a great conversation with you. Do you have any final thoughts for everyone? So my final thought is you are not alone. That's what I tell people all the time. You are not alone with dealing with any of the, I promise you, I've seen whatever issue you have multiple times. And so my final thought is always remember you're not alone and there is help out there. You just have to ask for it. Great. I love it. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely wonderful discussion 
with Jen Lee of Jen Lee Law. You have to enunciate, right? Um, <laughs> and I can't wait to have you on again. But until then, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.